from our studios in the heart of New York City, it's The Hearst Show. With special guest, Nickelodeon and Food Network legend, Mark Summers. I'm Kyle Sarah, and now here's our host, Kyle Hershon. Thank you, Kyle Sarah, for that introduction. Welcome to The Hearst Show, everybody. I'm Kyle Hershon, your host. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I'm thankful right now that there are no pies and no slime around me right now, because my guest today is the master of mess. You know him from Double Dare and What Would You Do on Nickelodeon, and of course, from the Food Network, and I see he's wearing a Double Dare hat right now. Please welcome Mr. Mark Summers. How are you today? Good. Thanks so much for taking the time. So this is a big year for you, 35 years since the original debut of Double Dare on Nickelodeon. Who would have thought that we'd be talking about a show that gave away a trip to space camp and get you covered in dog food. <laughs> yeah, you know, back in the day and even now, you figured you'd do uh, pickups generally were 13 in a week, 65 episodes back then. And my feeling was always you do 65 and then you'll never do it again. And the fact that we did 525 episodes of that thing and then toured it many, many, many times. Uh, and, and I guess I never really understood the impact the program had until this last tour. We did uh, 70 cities in 18 months. And, you know, grown-up humans uh, would come up to me and reminisce about what it was like coming home from school and, you know, watching the show. Um, so, you know, I'm just uh, thrilled that anybody remembers. And it's, it's been a fun ride. You know, you're 35 years on Double Dare, and I'll be 70 this year. So it's pretty I know, crazy. it's crazy. <laughs> so, actually, I want to talk about the first thing that your newest thing that you're doing right now. You're producing a new show for Discovery Plus, uh, The Last Unknown. So uh, tell me about it. Yeah. Well, uh, a couple of years back, my partner uh, in a business, uh, Ian Shive, uh, who is a, just a brilliant uh, photographer as well as host, we did a shark special for uh, Discovery. And uh, they couldn't get into Cuba. We got them into C- Cuba. And it's one of the highest rated shark specials that reruns to death. And we've been trying to do another special, but management was turned over. And then uh, Discovery bought a billion other channels. And it took a while. But we did this shot at the Aleutian Islands. Um, it's been trending every day since March 18th, since we launched. And, uh, you know, the word is we're going to do more. We'll find out it's television. Nobody knows what really is going on, but it's been, uh, it's a beautiful, uh, program. We had no idea what we were going to see once we got there. Supposedly it had not been inhabited by humans for many, many uh, years, wow. uh, hundreds of years, they said, and then we land there and there's planes from world war II and wreck ships. And so it added a whole other dimension to the special. So it's called the last unknown discovery plus hopefully uh, people, uh, Get the streaming service and tune us in. That's absolutely awesome. I would totally check it out myself. So uh, actually, let's get back into uh, the Double Dare scene. So I was watching a documentary on YouTube recently when uh, Jerry Laybourne took over the network and basically legitimized the network when Double Dare became the pillar show. So tell me in your thoughts, in the very beginning, what kind of impact did you think the show would have had? Oh, we had no idea. Cable was non-existent. you know, they said that there were three shows that were responsible for getting cable into homes. First one being Larry King on CNN. Second one being uh, Showtime doing specials with Gallagher. And the third was Double Dare mm-hmm. uh, because kids would say to the parents, um, I went to my friend's house and saw this thing where people jump into 5,000 pounds of baked beans and win a computer. Can we get that? <laughs> you know, and back in the day, uh, services for uh, cable was fairly inexpensive. Now people are spending hundreds of dollars. So, um 
it launched gigantically. There used to be a thing uh, in research that was called Playground Talk. And uh, when we launched in 86, um, it was Facts of Life and different strokes that were on UHF channels kicking ass and taking aims. And all of a sudden, their numbers started to dwindle and nobody could figure out where they went. They went to Nickelodeon and Double Dare. Um, and, and these days, if you get a 0.2 uh, as a rating, people are jumping up and down. We used to get fives, like yeah. 5.0. Um, and we became a cult favorite on college campuses. Uh, the Letterman Show used to uh, watch us uh, before they'd uh, do their show. I used to hang out backstage all the time with Dave and the writers and all that stuff. So uh, one never knows. Uh, we were having a ball. Uh, our exec producers, uh, Mike Klinghoffer and Dana Calderwood, who was also our director, and Alan Silberberg, our writer. We were just like a bunch of kids in a college dorm having fun. Um, we never thought of it as a kid's show. I never wanted to do a kid's show. And I think because we were not uh, talking down to kids and being negative towards them, we were just treating them like adults. All those elements worked. They went to focus groups. They thought it was like a crazy uncle or an older brother. They didn't know at the time I was like 35 years old and had <laughs> married. So all that played together. And then in the time spot, you know, we were on 5.30 Monday through Friday and mom would say, go watch your show and then we'll have dinner. So it gave mom a half hour to get everything prepped and kids would be focused on the set. So go. timing is so important to all that stuff. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and, and to figure, you know, I'm a younger guy, so I wasn't around when the original run aired on Nickelodeon, but I, I actually first saw your sh version of the show before, you know, the Jason Harris uh, revamp in 2000. Um, and obviously uh, I was very excited to see that Double Dare came back in 2018 and a couple of my friends uh, worked on the show. Uh, Stott St. Floor, good guy. Ah, yes. And uh, Lee Eck, great guy. Great guys. Yes. Yeah, so Lee Stott, if you're watching, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, no, those guys are very, very talented. And Lee's uh, doing really well out here. And, you know, Stott is was one of our uh, stunt uh, guys. And um, he's, you know, he wants to be a host. And hopefully that'll happen someday. It's just so much harder now uh, than when I started. You, you know, to get on TV these days, you have to be famous first. And, yeah, uh, you know, ability has nothing to do with it. It's, you know, was he in a movie kind of thing. It's Exactly, yeah. I mean, so he's got a, I'm plugging his streaming game show right now. It's a very fun trivia show. It, it completely rattles your brain and you can win like an Amazon Fire Stick because of it. Nice. <laughs> so, uh, and also, you know, because of the impact of Double Dare, show gets syndicated, you get a run on Fox and then you get, you know, syndicated all across the country. And, you know, I, this thought never came to my head until recently was double dare actually like nominated for like a kid's choice award they didn't have kids choice awards back then oh they didn't uh, oh that's right <laughs> uh and then i think when we first started i i was involved with the early kids choice awards i don't know if we were even allowed to nominate or i don't even remember it was so long ago uh but we you know we won a cable lace awards which don't even exist anymore yeah <laughs> uh, but we were not allowed to be uh emmy nominated back then because we were cable and there was all that controversy and you know anger towards cable so uh, it was a different time and by the way awards mean nothing you know uh <laughs> you, you can't eat rewards uh and it's just it's all silly that's uh, true yes the fact that they have the you know broadcasting hall of fame and the fact that they have uh the radio hall of fame uh some of the people in those things don't belong and some people who should be in there aren't so uh it's i didn't get in this business to, to win trophies oh yeah absolutely you, you got in there to have a good time and to get paid <laughs> yeah. Well, and it was a passion of mine, you know, still is, <laughs> you know, speaking about, you know, getting your start in television, especially game shows, I heard that you started with Truth of Consequences, Bob Barker. 
My very first job, I was an idea man. Uh, they paid me $300 a week to come up with ideas for Truth or Consequences. It was kind of on its last leg, started in radio, been on TV for many years. Mm -hmm. And the people who ran the thing were all 108. They had started in radio, they had aged, and they wanted uh, young people to get involved. Well, I was hired to be an idea man, and they weren't listening to a damn thing I said. <laughs> um, and they pulled me into a room one day, Ed Bailey, who was the exec producer at the time, and his daughter, uh, Brooke Bailey Johnson, ended up being my boss at Food Network for many years. But Ed said, you know, Mark, uh, you got to be more creative. you got to be, uh, you know, hipper, younger, uh, so come up with something. Uh, and so I came in the next week, and this was a stunt. Um, and if you don't know Truth or Consequences, this doesn't mean anything. But no, I know Truth or Consequences, yes. But I, I put uh, chicken parts in a big uh, vat, uh, legs, thighs, breath, <laughs> and I gave two people... Uh, needle and thread and the person who sewed the most chickens back together at the end of the half hour one and i got fired for that ah so um it's a great story now but at the time uh it was it was rather depressing i was uh in the middle of uh getting my career started and i was so doing warm-ups on joker's wild and i was doing uh, the idea thing on truth or consequences and was my first sort of major disappointment the first of many uh in the entertainment business yeah, and then of course, what thirteen years later or so, you get the the gig of a lifetime, uh, giving people kids a trip to space camp and dumping baked beans on them. There you go. <laughs> actually, you know, I, I'm a fan of game shows, so I know actually a lot of the more obscure stuff. A couple of my favorites you did: Win Tuition, uh, Majority Rules. I mean, those, these are some that didn't even last a full year, and yeah. yet I, I enjoy them. Well, then again, I'm not the one who makes the decision. It's the executives. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I figure now with the surge of game shows coming around the last few years, you know, you're you're seeing a lot of the old classic stuff on like ABC. So I, I'm surprised you were never like tapped for one of those reboots. I mean, I could totally see you hosting like To Tell the Truth. I could see you hosting uh, the new Card Sharks run. Uh, so Once again, I, not famous enough. That's true. Uh, you, you've got to be a movie star or have, uh, you know, a major motion or a, a major TV show or whatever. And I was just host boy. And they don't want people who can actually do it anymore. Of course not. <laughs> <You know? yeah. laughs> they don't want hosts. They want, uh, you know, so it's, it's, it's a different industry. And um, yeah. I've had a great time and I have no complaints. But uh, could I go in and host all of those shows with two hands tied behind my back? Yes. But I won't get the opportunity in such yeah. a way. I mean, if there, was, if there was a game show besides Double Dare, you could have hosted. What would it be? Oh, price, obviously, price is right. Yeah. Uh, and I that's a whole long story, but uh, I did it live uh, for many years when they toured it. Um, but, you know, uh, that was a whole other situation. Uh, Neil Patrick Harris called Les Moonves and said, you should hire Mark Summers. Uh, what Bob Barker is to this generation, Mark is to us. And Les Moonves said, quote, I have no idea who Mark Summers is, and I just hired another guy. So, um, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and I remember you, you made the candid comment, like, he still doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> he doesn't, doesn't have a clue. All he knows is he repeats what Barker says at the end about spared animals. Yes, and yeah. To him. I mean, it's, I think, you know, give me a break. I could host this show for crying out loud. <laughs> and, and, and I'm only 24. So, you know, that's what it is. Uh, and, you know, going back to the, the 2018 revival, you know, uh, I thought it was just a match made in heaven. You and Liza Koshy got along so well. You two clicked. and Instantaneously, by the way, from the first day I met her. Yeah. And she's only just a couple of months older than I am. And the fact of the matter is, 
today's generation could relate with her. And of course, the generation before could relate with you. So it was a perfect balance. And, it was fun. It yeah. was fun. And the ratings were really good. Um, but once again, management changed. The people who brought us there got, all got fired uh, the week we were shooting. They brought in all the people and it's the old thing in television. If I, I didn't put it on, then it sucks. So they took it off and uh, it's too bad because the ratings we got are still higher than anything they're getting over there now. So I know, I know you said that you're, you're, you're finished with Double Dare and everything. Um, but would you want to like see it come back on like a Hulu or a Netflix sort of thing? Depends on how it came back. It should come back as an adult show. It should come back as an 11 o'clock at night adult show. Yeah. All people grew up to it. It's, it, you know, we could have a hell of a lot of fun. But once again, the odds of that are slim and none. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, was there ever like a pair of contestants or a family that you just like wanted to win so badly? Many. Uh, <laughs> you know, it was always fun to see. I Look, I always wanted everybody to win. That Then it's not a really good show. The, the uh, budget says two out of five days you want people going all the way. Sometimes we'd have no winners for three weeks, and sometimes we'd have four winners in a week. You couldn't predict it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and unlike uh, fake reality TV where they fix everything, you know, <laughs> we played it for real. And uh, sometimes when we couldn't get a win, we'd try to make the obstacle, obstacle course super easy, and they still couldn't do it. <laughs> and sometimes we were over budget, and we tried to make it super hard, and they still did it. So you never knew how coordinated and, the, you know, the one-on-one was with um, – uh, the contestants. So uh, every day was a challenge. Oh yeah. Uh, Cause there was one instance where I remember I'll put this clip in, in post-production. Uh, there was a time where a family was like literally at the last moment, I think somebody was going through the kid wash. They dove through it. And when the clock struck zero, they grabbed the flag. And I never heard your, your voice as high as it ever I went. Know which one you're talking about. I went, Oh, unbelievable. <laughs> we'll play the clip for you. I remember that one. We we would we would go back and look at these things sometimes when they pull it and did they get it before the clock hit double zero and other ones where you know they had it in their hands and then it just slipped through. So, but that's Uh, what makes good TV. That's why the show was so good. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. And now uh, with the 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 help of Paramount Plus, you now can basically watch the first couple of years of Double Dare and the first season of the latest version. Oh. I was spending all day yesterday just doing more research on how to do this damn interview uh, by watching every, like 250 episodes of the original run. Yeah, it's kind of fun. It's, it's neat that they're running those and, and they're doing really well because tons of folks want to go back and relive that stuff. You know? Oh, yeah. And, and going back and looking how simple the show was and then just yeah. looking how evolved the show became as it, as it grew. So you then, you know, you move from Philly, you move. What, what was the station's call letters again? I keep it was WHYY. We started in Philly, did some, moved to New York and did super sloppies, moved back to Philly to a bigger stage and then down to Orlando to uh, the next studios. Before Universal even opened, we were in the middle of a giant mud, mud pit, but we would bust kids in from the area and, and do double doors. <laughs> and then they would win a trip back to Universal Studios. <laughs> yes, yeah, that was a nice thing. That was so stupid. And you win a trip to Universal. I'm You're coming here. back. <laughs> it's like you know if if i were to get on like what price is right and i win a trip to new york 
I can literally take the Long Island Expressway and I'm already there in an hour. So, <laughs> I mean, I worked there for a few months. I worked in radio for a few months over there. Uh, but, you know, that's what it is. So uh, now I want to shift gears a bit and talk about your latest adventures with the uh, the Food Network. Uh and you've done actually quite a bit of shows recently. Are you you're still doing uh, uh, Desert, uh, Resurant Impossible? Is that still running? I'm just consulting now. You know, those days of going out on the road every day and uh, going to restaurants and doing that stuff. Um, I did that for many years. Uh, we were based out of Philly. We toured it like crazy uh, around the country. Uh, so I just consult on, on restaurants. Uh, my son has actually uh, been consulting on Dinner Impossible. He was there from day one when we started that. And so I have uh, a small... Uh, fingerprint or thumbprint uh, in that but uh you know robert knows what he's doing in the production team with brian lando kicks ass and they know what they're doing so they really don't need me i, I it's kind of mailbox money the checks come and uh, every now and then the phone will ring and say what do you think about that but i i, I don't have too much day-to-day uh you know to do with it anymore yeah uh, what, what other shows have you worked on with the food network i know unwrapped was the biggest one well i started with a show called it's a surprise the surprise was nobody was watching and uh it <laughs> went off quickly and uh that became unwrapped and unwrapped uh, one of the longest running successful shows which you can also see on uh, discovery plus it yes. trends also every night um i did a show called food feuds um and um you know more specials than i can begin to tell you but it's been a 20-year relationship and maybe the best job i've ever had i mean double dare got me started in, in the uh you know limelight but uh food network was so enjoyable um it's it's just the the, the friendships the relationships uh the things that i've been able to do because of the association and uh you know treated like a king over there so management's been great and it's it's just been a great experience yeah and actually i i read in another interview one time that the same person who fired you got you into the food network <laughs> yeah yeah uh judy gerard was my boss at lifetime when i was hosting biggers and summers and she fired us canceled the show and uh then was the woman who brought me back to food network and uh you know just got me back in the door, which is all I wanted. And that's uh, when we did its surprise, which became the other. So uh, if I could give advice to anybody out there trying to get a job either in television or any other business, don't burn bridges because you never know where you're going to need those people. That's true. Rudy and I are still friends to this day. Unless your colleague is Rudy Giuliani. good luck yeah (laughs) now unwrapped was like one of the easier shows in my opinion to produce because really all you just really had to do was take a couple of live shots and then the rest was voiceover for you um actually it was more difficult than that oh really yeah we did the opens and closes we would shoot like six six a day but it was more than that with setups and walk and talks and we initially did it in uh, Denver, and then we moved it to Pueblo, Colorado, and then back to Denver. And then the last two or three years, we took it out on the road. So uh, it was a lot more time consuming. Yeah, tons of voiceovers as well. But uh, the opens and closes, believe it or not, were more difficult than they look. Wow. Was there a particular episode or any sort of sequence of episodes that you really enjoyed? Because I know you're a pizza guy. Yeah, pizza is my favorite food in the whole world. No, I mean, they were all fun to do. Uh, Keep in mind that I was told what the, what the segments were coming up when I did the opens, 
but a lot of it wasn't even shot yet. So I never saw the, the full product until I watched it on television. Wow. So I, the whole thing about getting myself into whatever that was and convincing the people that they should stay tuned uh, is a bit of an art. It's more than reading a teleprompter. It's, it's oh, selling yeah. itself and selling uh, the concept. And, you know, uh, with all the hundreds of episodes we did, uh, obviously we did a good job. Um, and so uh, I've had a charmed existence. I've, been, I've done shows that moms and dads and kids could sit and watch together uh never really been ashamed of anything i've done and uh it's been kind of a charmed career oh yeah and you know you, you've been around since i was little so you know you know the, the testament you? 24. <laughs> <laughs> so what year were you born 96. yeah okay uh <laughs> that's pretty funny uh, <laughs> now actually one of my favorite uh spinoffs of unwrapped was trivia unwrapped yeah yeah you did a bunch of those uh, when the DVD came out like 12, 13 years ago. There were three episodes. I, I would watch those on repeat every single night. Just, you know, I may know, I may have known all the answers right away, but it was just so fun to watch because you, you don't really see stuff like that anymore. You know, true tried and true trivia game shows. And then the games have never worked on Food Network. And, you know, back in the day, um, it was... I was Guy Fieri before Guy Fieri. It was 90 minutes every Monday night of Mark Summers, an hour of Unwrapped, and then uh, 30 minutes of Trivia Unwrapped. And I, as I told uh, the boss at the time, I don't want to watch 90 minutes of anybody, especially me. <laughs> um, and, it, you know, it proved true um, simply because the hour of Unwrapped was good, but another 30 minutes of the Trivia Unwrapped, it just didn't work. And so we were on for a few weeks, and it was just destroying the Monday night ratings. So they moved us to, you know, when they move you to 3 a.m. Yeah. Disaster. So we did a lot of them. Though. I think we did 90 of them or something, but wow. they, most of them ran uh, very early in the morning. And uh, God knows if they uh, still exist anywhere in the Food Network library. I, I, it's funny. I checked uh, the Discovery Plus thing to see if they were on. But, no. uh, but not. <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if people, if they just threw them away uh, or kind of like wiped them like what NBC did with their old tapes. <laughs> I know. Steve Allen and the early Tonight shows. Yeah. Oh, geez. Uh, although, you know, a few episodes have popped up, you know, online. Uh, there, there was actually one instance where uh, it's a kind of a bittersweet sort of thing because one of the contestants uh, passed away, uh, but uh, they uploaded his entire episode. See, and now my dog's doing crazy because he wants to watch Trivia Unwrapped. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've never looked online to see uh, if they even have uh, Trivia Unwrapped uh, anywhere uh, on, on the web. Is, does it show up if you, if you Google it? There are a few episodes. I've seen three episodes, and one of them is labeled Remembering the Greatest Brother Ever. Um, so that's, that's a bit of a, a bittersweet one. But there are a couple of archived ones besides the ones on DVD. <laughs> uh, so, you know, maybe I'll get to watching those mm. soon when we're done here. Uh, so, you know, you still, you know, you still recognize as the, the, the guy of Double Dare. So, um, you know, I've seen many iterations, Dungle Dare, the one you did at Comic-Con in 16, the, the one that kind of sparked everything for the new revival. And of course, I went to see the Double Dare live show in Rochester, while I was recovering from bronchitis, <laughs> I, I trekked my, because I was going to school uh, just north of Syracuse, and I was like, okay, 
I might be sick, but I have to come and see you. <laughs> yeah, Rochester was a fun date. I remember that one. We had a good crowd that night. Yeah, it was really, really fun. Uh, the, the theater was just amazing. Gorgeous, uh, right? Yeah, I was actually supposed to see, uh, actually, is it going away? So graduation sort of gift for myself. Uh, I was supposed to see you guys at the Dome at Syracuse, but that show uh, never happened. Um, but, you know, things happen. <laughs> yep. um, and now, you know, I- I've, been no- I've been noticing that looking on, you know, recent interviews you did a few years ago, you kind of had a bit of a, a little bit of a rough patch in the 2010s. First, you, uh, um, your cancer diagnosis, and then, of course, the, the car accident, um, you know, that there's one there, there's a double there, and then what's the triple there? <laughs> yeah, hopefully we didn't get there, you know? Yeah. Uh, so thankfully, you're doing very well. I can see that. Uh, and now you, you're on Cameo. You're, you're doing Cameos for people. Yeah, you know, that was out of boredom. Uh, <laughs> I turned them down like three or four times and they said, uh, you know, people really want to do this. And I said, really? Does anybody really care? And yeah, I mean, there were some nights where I would do, believe it or not, like 15 of them. Um, <laughs> and it's kind of fun to, you know, get to interact one-on-one like this with your fans. But uh, the nice comments that you get after you do one of those is, is fun. But, um, you know, it, it's just something to do during covid i'm not sure i'm going to be doing it much longer quite honestly. yeah <laughs> uh, i mean because you see all the these people that are on right now i'm seeing gabby douglas vanilla ice fran drescher is now on uh uh alfonso ribeiro um i mean so there's just a endless amount of options but you know i i would gladly pay for a cameo from you (laughs) (laughs) i just raised my price so don't speak too soon yeah well i got a (laughs) stimulus check recently so i don't know (laughs) hey good for you (laughs) so you know shifting back uh, to double dare uh as a kid you know i always wanted to get slimed uh that's the one thing i hated about living in new york because everything was either in los angeles or orlando florida so I couldn't go to like a kid's choice yep. ward or I couldn't go to universal studios. I went to the other theme park, the one that starts with a D. <laughs> uh, but you know, oh, yeah, wh- yeah. <laughs> it took a moment. <laughs> so what was in the green goobly slime back then? Cause I know it's different now. Yeah, it's totally different. Now we uh, had a base of vanilla pudding. It was applesauce and green food coloring, basically a little uh, oatmeal thrown in. But now it's this uh, technical, uh, when we were doing the new Double Dares, we literally spent a day, uh, you know, testing the viscosity of the new slime. And when we were being uh, attacked by the insurance people, when we first started, they had to make sure that it got in the kid's mouth. It was edible. So I'm assuming the stuff today is edible, but um, I kind of like the old school stuff more than the stuff we used on the the show. Oh, yeah, obviously. I mean, and it uh, smelled better, by the way. Yes. Because I mean, who the hell wants to smell like glue? Because yeah. that's what because that's what I imagine it's smelling like. It's smelling like glue. Yeah, it, it, it's not all that silly stuff that you see on uh, line about making your own uh, slime. I don't know what that stuff. That's is. not There's slime. No that's that's glue and slime. Trust me. It's like that's not even. I wouldn't even call it slime. I wouldn't call it. It's a, it's a slime like substance. There you go. 
<laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. So, so we can't say, you can't say jello or milk like substance, jello like substance, you know, <laughs> so slime like stuff, substance. But yeah, that you know, such a running joke. <laughs> <laughs> so you really could say jello, but <laughs> it just actually, wanted- no, we uh, at sales had gone to uh, General Foods and tried to make a deal. And they wouldn't do it. So I was told you can't say jello anymore. So uh, just to piss off uh, ad sales, I would say a jello like substance. So, uh, and, and the milk thing was because people got upset because they thought we were wasting food and people were starving and all that silliness. So we lied and said it was a milk like substance. We, we were using milk, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, the one that used to piss off people the most was eggs. When we would oh, yeah. Eggs, uh, we'd get hate mail left and right. So uh, Mike Klinghoff, our exec producer, came up with the, uh, uh, you know, milk-like substance and all those substitute things that we did <laughs> you know and, and my my buddy nick has like one of those online usernames his username is milk-like substance so nick oh, that's fun. for you <laughs> i love that uh you know and i uh, obviously i never got the chance to come up on stage and you know do the the thing at the live tour uh but you know if I, if I were to get picked, I mean, it would have been fine, but I, I just love seeing the kids, you know, just having the time of their lives and, you know, just reminiscing what it was like. And then the, at the end of the day, it was like, I like that guy, <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, the energy in those theaters, as you, uh, you know, saw, was, was unbelievable. You know, it was just so cool to have everybody yelling and screaming and on their feet, especially at the obstacle course, because it always came down to the last obstacle and a few seconds left. And, um, you know, there's not a lot of family entertainment shows out there and it was a good chance for, you know, families to get together and do that stuff and hope to get on stage. You know, we put I, somewhere around 80 people a night on stage, uh, which is not bad. You know, no, when you're playing a 5,000 seater, 80 isn't that uh, great, but you know, you do what you can. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, and I, I spent some time talking to some of the, the, the parents and their children. Cause you know, uh, I kind of wanted to do a story on this at my college newspaper. Um, and the parents were like, yeah, we're here for Mark. We're here, you know, to, to celebrate what we did. And I remember, I think there was like a group of college kids that showed up the, yep. like a, like a frat house or whatever. <laughs> and they never got we called up that all the time. <laughs> I always wanted to do double their live for fraternities and sororities, but Nickelodeon wouldn't let us. Oh, you know, that of course been amazing. Well, now that, uh, now, does Nickelodeon like still own the rights to Double Dare? They do. And, uh, you know, but I, I take, um, shall we say, similar shows out uh, on my own. We would do a thing in Philly. I haven't done it in a few years called Dunkle Dare. And it was <laughs> Dunkle Dare, that's right. With drunk people. And, uh, and we had a ball doing that. Yeah. Stuff. So every now and then I'll sneak up. Oh, yeah. But that's where the infamous shut the f up line came up. <laughs> there you go. I'll bleep that out, that's by the Steve. way. uh you know because i i think it would have been great you know just do a uh a a college like when whenever there was like a bar crawl or something have like a uh just an obstacle course for for drunk kids to to go on and then when they try to like pick the nose instead of slime it shoots out tequila Yeah, the way that uh, shut the you know what up happened was I told the audience, uh, please don't shut out any answers. Whatever you do, please, I know you know the answers, but don't shut them out. And they kept and I asked doing the it. Very first question, and the guy shouted the answer, and that's why he said that. <laughs> that's the, you can't play that enough. You know? Yeah, you can't say that on television. Yeah, believe me. <laughs> oh man, I-, I could literally just talk days and days about you know just 
re- reminiscing what it was like to be an early 90s kid just sitting at home right before dinner, maybe doing homework, just watching kids run through, just trying to tackle a slide with chocolate syrup uh, and going through one ear covered in peanut butter or whatever, just just to, you know, just to seeing the joy on kids' faces. Because, you know, you, nowadays you really don't get that. You don't get that. And th- there really is no on. Well, kids don't watch television. No, that's the Kids watch thing. their phones and their iPads and their computers. And so there's no appointment TV for kids anymore. It's not like, you know, I got to turn on Double Dare at 530. There, there are no shows regular basis. No. Because of demand, you can watch many. Yeah. I mean, they can try, but nothing will ever, ever come close to what Double Dare was. Probably so. not. Not in my lifetime. Anyway. <laughs> who knows maybe if double dare 4.0 would come out and uh i'd be tapped as the master of mess i don't know uh mark summers thank you so much for taking your time and uh, talking with us today uh i'm sure a lot of uh 90s kids are squealing with delight knowing that you know i told my friends that hey uh, i'm interviewing mark summers uh, and they're like, "What? You gotta be kidding! You gotta say hi!" I'm like, "Oh my god!" Like they're they're jumping up and down like biblical locusts. It's it's crazy. <laughs> hey, thanks very much. Nice job. Thanks for doing your homework and uh, continued success. Thanks so much, Mark. And uh, tune in next week. We'll have another exciting episode. See you then. Hey everyone, it's Hirsch. Thanks so much for tuning into episode seven of the Hirsch Show. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at the Hirsch Show. Tune in next week for another exciting episode with another special guest. We'll see you then.